Hello, everyone. This is the Kelly W. Philly Soccer Show. I'm Kelly W.'s Greg Orlandini. I'm Philly Soccer Pages Mike Video. Mixing up a little bit this week, we talked to the head of the Castle League in Philadelphia. Yeah, I talked to my good friend Tim Hampson uh, doing really great things with, uh, with the Castle League. It's great to kind of break away a little bit and talk a little grassroots and see what the, you know the things are going on in amateur We talk about the union so much. Yeah, exactly. But we do talk about the union we where they talk about where that. they get a, a tough uh, road point and talk a little Gold Cup as well. So listen up. Tell us a little bit for the uninitiated amongst our listeners what 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 the Casa League in Philadelphia is. Sure. So Casa is a, a year round nonprofit adult independent amateur soccer league where uh, we run soccer at cost all throughout the city of Philadelphia uh, for players that are either coming right off of a, you know, either college or maybe even a semi-pro or a professional contract. We have some former MLS players in our league all the way down to the skill set where you just, you know, you associate yourself as a soccer player. You like watching it on TV and now the next step is you want to find yourself in a game. Oh, um, so, uh, upcoming up the this Saturday, you've got Casa Day at down at Talon Energy Park, um, and that's the culmination of the Kelly Cup. Can you tell us a little bit about that that tournament and how you guys ended up playing down at Talon? Sure. Yeah, and Mike and I, you were you were one of the 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 trailblazers to get this going uh, many many years ago. Many many years Casa. ago. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was essentially uh, you know something we really would like. To continue doing, and we we really enjoy playing. Uh, you know, we we have a, our city championship final there, where it, it's the culmination of all of our uh, eleven v eleven uh, teams get the chance to enter into this end of the season cup tournament, where it's very similar to you know the FA Cup or even the U.S. Open Cup, where you have teams from lower divisions going up and upsetting teams in the top division. Um, which is which we love when that happens because it just shows the parity, you know, of the league and how, you know, young teams are coming in and enjoying success, you know, in the first season or second season. Just like South Jersey SC, which is our uh, Kelly Cup finalist, playing uh, Saturday evening. There are a bunch of young men. Uh, a lot of them are from South Jersey. A lot of them are for, from Rutgers, Camden, and uh, that's the kind of guys we attract. That's the kind of players. You know, the young men and young men, women from all around the city who, you know, just want to play soccer and they don't want to get killed with cost. We we essentially just put the games together. We have licensed referees. It's high quality. It's organized. It's affordable. And it's it's, it's great. It's it's for players by players, as you know. So it's, there's no frills. And it's, it's, it's an awesome league. I think it's really great the way that you've been able to ex- extend what the Kelly Cup is too because when I was involved with uh, the organization of the league, the the Cup tournament, uh, which didn't have a name at the time, it was kind of just a, the culmination of the, the first division of CASA, which was always, you know, a, a pretty skilled division. But, you know, I think it was, you know, part of the, the plan for for CASA was to expand it into getting some of the lower divisions involved. And, and like you said, it's, it's really exciting when, uh, you know, some of those, those, those smaller teams get to play uh, the bigger teams and there's some upsets just like there are in the FA Cup. So I, I really, I'm excited where you, where you guys have taken it from, from where I left the, the league. Um, and I, Absolutely. and, I, and I, I'm still, I'm ecstatic that it's still called the Kelly Cup and I hope it will be that for a long time because uh, it's, it's named for uh, a guy that used to be on the board of CASA, Shane Kelly, who was uh, unfortunately killed. Um, not too far from my house in Fishtown. And Shane, Shane was a great guy. He was really, really passionate about 
Casa, and uh, I was I was really pleased when he joined the board, um, and it was it was really unfortunate what happened to him. So I, I'm I'm glad to see that that name lives on, and uh, that there's still, there's still a cup with his name on it. I'm sure he would be honored. I'm sure Shane's looking down and is so proud about what's going on in, in the city about the sport, you know how it's it's growing, and yeah, it's a celebration of uh, of his life and his legacy to say, hey, this is the biggest amateur game going on in the city of Philadelphia right now, and it's you know it's the Kelly Cup, and we're really proud to call it that. So, how can people get involved? Overall, with with Casa, what's the best way to do that? Even say you're you're a player, like you said, a guy that's coming out of college and still wants to keep going, or you're out of game for a few years, or even if you're you know more interested in like being an organizer or a referee or anything like that, how, how does somebody get involved with Casa? Sure. So you can send us an email, or you can you can find out more about us at phillysoccer.org. Um, you know, we're always looking for tireless, able-bodied volunteers who want to do more than just play in the game uh, myself included you know I play in the league and I love I love when I get the chance to actually play in a game but <laughs> lately it's, it's a lot of you know as you can see there's a lot of movable pieces to pull off nine programs with 110 teams and a network of 7,000 players it's a lot um, <laughs> for a volunteer board and we pull it off because we have a lot of people who are passionate addicted soccer you know, influencers and people want to see the sport continue to grow because the sport needs, you know, let's face it, it's a challenger sport and it, it, people want to see it do better. And Casa's got that vibe. It's got that positive energy where you come and you know, sure, you're going to have a good game. It's going to be organized, but you're with people who really enjoy a sport that, you know, it could be more popular in this country and it's not. So it, it's a really a celebration. And we have, it's amazing. Like in Mike, you probably, you remember how many you know nationalities you can you could squeeze onto an eleven v eleven team. It's it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's amazing. I I can only think like I mean, for for you, the listeners out there that don't know this, I I was involved in, in organizing the league for a long time, but I also ran my own team in this league for eleven years, West Philly FC. And I I thought back on it uh, last year, and I could think of twenty eight different nationalities that just played on my team alone over that decade. So I, I can't imagine that there's there's too many nationalities that, that the league has missed out on in in the end. Um, there's, yeah, it's, there's, it's, it's, it's very inclusive, Mike. I mean, we we don't turn anybody away. You know, if you call yourself a footballer, we yeah. take you. You know, it's not like you have to try out for the league. Anybody who wants to get out, you know, off their ass and play soccer, come out and play. Find us. We always have leagues open. We're running leagues year-round. We're about to start a summer league uh, over at Girard College in Center City. And, uh, yeah, it's a great time to be a soccer player in the city of Philadelphia. I mean, I, I think it's it's really exciting where, where you've been able to take the league since uh, you've been stepped in as president. I mean, I, th- I think there was, a, there was a group of us that ran it for a while that just kind of tried to keep it going and, and keep up with uh, the demand and, and get the field straight. But uh, you've been able to add seven-on-seven leagues, a women's league, and over 30 league. I mean, there literally is something for everybody in CASA at this point. So Tim, another thing uh, that's kind of becoming part of the um, soccer culture of Philadelphia and the Delaware Valley, all that is the Unity Cup, which I think is going into its second year this year. It's again, like Mike was talking about, you know, brings in all these different nationalities that are part of Philadelphia and part of the region. And Cos is a little bit involved. With that. Can you talk about uh, how you guys were involved with that? Sure. Yeah. So we participated. A lot of our members uh, participate and had the the. Uh the pleasure to participate last year, either in a leadership role or either just as a, 
a player on one of the 32 teams uh, last year. And as you know, last year uh, they had their final at the you know, the Phillies ballpark, Citizens Bank Park, which was tremendous. But this year it's it was a little squeezed in. If you if if you remember looking at photos, they had these two really really talented teams make the final from Liberia and from Ivory Coast. Guys who can just you know guys who are much faster than I am and much faster than Mike is, <laughs> and they would they would love to have they have such engines on the wings. You know they like to play a wide ball, and this year what they decided to do was you know they got away from Citizens Bank Park and they they moved it over to Lincoln Financial Field. And I think it's going to be a really great facility for a proper Unity Cup final because it'll be on a properly sized pitch. It'll be, you know, you can, you can have a game that really does have legs, whereas, you know, last year it was a little cramped. But all in all, it was a free tournament. It's a tremendous uh, initiative by Mayor Kenny. And it's just, it's again, it's an awesome time to be an amateur adult soccer player in Philadelphia. There's so much for you to do. There's so much for you to engage in and taste. And you don't have to necessarily, you know, if you, if you associate with, I know the, there's, a, there's always a USA team, um, and I know there's 48 teams competing this year, which is, which is really awesome to have 48 different countries that have, you know, expressed interest to, to compete. All right. Uh, before we let you go, uh, we just want to follow up with the, the the Kelly Cup action this this Saturday. Uh, give us the details about the the two teams that are playing and the the time for the game. Sure. So we'll be down there. Uh, our operations will start. We'll have a tailgate at three p.m. Uh, where we'll we'll bring everybody together. You know, we're anticipating you know somewhere between nine hundred and a thousand people all get together to celebrate the day of soccer, Casa Day, uh, and it starts at. Again, 3 p.m. We'll be at Lot B, and we're going to have our women's championship final. Uh, the 7v7 women's league will actually play. It's really exciting. It's really I can't wait. The the women's league will have two teams: Sentinome uh, versus South Philly Soul. So that's going to be a really good game, played right on the training grounds. And so you can have you can come down. You can enjoy if you're a Casa player. You can enjoy a free Carlsberg beer, and you can sit there under our tent and watch the women's, you know, the two best women's teams play at 4 p.m. Um, and then, the, of course, the, the Swans are in town. Um, so the Swans come in, they, Swansea plays the union at 7 p.m. And immediately following the final whistle, our two teams, our two Kelly Cup finalists are going to burst onto the, the field and start playing. And we love for, you know, if you have a ticket to the game on Saturday, you are welcome to stay around. Um, you know, they're not going to make it publicly known because they want to obviously get people out of the stadium. But <laughs> there are people, obviously, there are going to be thousand plus people staying to cheer on either their family members or their friends or their boyfriends or, you know, their husbands. And those two teams are, I mean, two killer teams. It's like I mentioned, South Philly FC, uh, South, South Jersey FC is just a younger, newer Casa team that is just, Really well put together, very organized, very disciplined. They wear these green, the bright green kits, and they're uh, they're out for their first city championship, and they haven't gotten one yet. They're, they've come close, but they haven't gotten one yet. Um, and I would say that the the slight, maybe the slight underdog, if, if you want to call them in the underdog, would be their opponent, South Philly United. And South Philly United again has some former MLS players, a few guys who played in the Union, um, New England Revolution. Um, some of the guys who played 
U23 over at the Red Bulls. And so it, the team is, it's very, it's a very Googleable team. If I gave you the roster, you'd say, <laughs> Oh wow, this guy, this guy enjoyed, you know, some D1 success, but these guys are a little, I guess they're a little bit more older mm-hmm. than South Jersey. So I think it's going to be a tremendous game. Both teams are going to come out fired up. Um, and if you're around uh, Saturday night, stick around and watch some local soccer, support local soccer guys. Uh, Tim, great to have you on. Great to talk about the uh, the culture of soccer in Philadelphia and in the region, and hear about all the great things that Cas is doing, and then then uh, related to the game. And it's it's one of the things we love about the game. It's like there's just so many opportunities to watch, to play, to uh, get involved with it, and it's just great to hear uh, some of the stuff you guys are doing. Absolutely, we're big fans. Cas is a big fan of your of your show. So oh, I appreciate we it. Week. We, we love you guys, so keep doing what you're doing, man. We we can't wait to listen to this one and, and keep doing what you're doing. It's great. All right, appreciate it. Thanks, great. Thanks so much, Tim. Thanks a lot, Tim. All right, guys, take care. Take care. That was uh, Tim Hampson, the uh, president, president, correct, of, of, the Casa Soccer of Casa Soccer League in Philadelphia, and I know it's a league uh, you were involved with and, yeah. and and a lot of guys at Philly Soccer Page have been involved with yeah, and our so. good friend Kevin Kincaid's involved with it yeah, and yep. uh, stuff like that. So... And it's good to, you know, we love the union. We love talking union and MLS and, you know, European leagues and all that. But it's good to, you know, that, that's one of the great things about soccer. It's so, you know, it, it's so much the people's game and it's so uh, uh, accessible in a lot of ways that you need a ball and you need a net and you need, you know, a few yards and you can, you know, have a quick game. And, and that's kind of the, the cool thing. And they're, they're kind of taking that to the next degree where they're, just creating opportunities to play and for people to be involved in the game. Yeah, it's it's, it's really phenomenal. Um, and like to to go back to the history of like Philly soccer page, where I come from, uh, that wouldn't exist without the Costa Soccer League. I mean, Dan Walsh had the idea to start Philly soccer page when he was the vice president of the Costa League, and I was the treasurer. And um, we kind of grabbed Adam Can, who is on my team, and uh, kind of went from there. There's, there's a lot of uh, ex Costa players that are involved with Philly soccer page, and. Um, yeah, and I think you're right. Just the, the community of soccer in Philadelphia is very strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can see that with the with the union. You can I, I've been able to see that on the grassroots level yeah. for a really long time. Um, Casa's what four thirteen years old at this point. Right. I mean, and we they started that league with eight teams on a unmowed field in West Philadelphia, <laughs> um, and now it's fifty plus teams mm-hmm. plus three divisions of seven on seven foot golf, like right, all types right. of crazy stuff. I mean, like I said, kudos to Tim, like Tim has taken it to a level that I don't think any of us ever anticipated that league going to. And it's, 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 it's really amazing to see. And I think it just, it shows the demand for, for soccer in the city and, and this area, you know, yeah. and I think that is important too, to note that it, I mean, there's certainly a lot of great soccer in the city, but um, there's people that come from all over to play right. in Casa. And I think that's, yeah. just, that's terrific. Yeah. And uh, I, I kind of said this many years ago that you know, soccer didn't start with the union in Philadelphia. Obviously, I mean, it has a really long tradition. But I think when the team came, it put a light on the culture in the yeah. city that's been kind of going on for years and years and years. And people were kind of awakened to it in yeah. a lot of ways. And now you have things, well, the Casa League's, you know, been here before the union, but you have things like the Unity Cup. Yeah. And you have, you know, Philadelphia has become a very viable soccer city with Gold Cup action coming through here and, and Copa last year and all those things. So it's, it's kind of all, it's always had that tradition and, you know, it, going back to the uh, 1950 world cup with Philadelphia players yep. on that and starring and, and, and doing all that to the point where we're at now. And it just keeps kind of getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So, yeah, that's, that's a good place. Radio.com.
Um, so we do have the union to talk about a little we bit. Do, do, and okay. There's Gold Cup going on, so we'll talk about that too. Uh, it feels like forever ago, but the one one, uh, yeah, one one draw last Thursday. Yeah, last Thursday, one one draw on the road in Kansas City for your Philadelphia Union, and I'm okay with it. I mean, the, it I, was, think, was, I think you, you, have, you have those, you have draws, you have some draws that feel like a win, and some yeah. draws that maybe feel like a loss. This was a draw that felt like a win. Yeah, it it, it did, and and I was saying in the newsroom if a one one draw in Kansas City with. Uh, uh, John McCarthy backstopping it. Mm-hmm. That's best case scenario, yeah. I think. In that yeah. coming and, out and of the missing game. Alejandro Bedoya. Yeah, missing Bedoya. I mean, you know, KC was missing a few guys too. Certainly, but again, KC's a tough place to go, no it matter is. who's who's kind of yeah. out on the pitch. Uh, and they and they came out mm-hmm. on fire too. Oh, I mean, absolutely. That, I, that, that first half was probably one of the poorest we've seen from the Union mm-hmm. all season, um, and they were extremely lucky to get into the. The locker room tied it. I was, yeah, I, I just I take out at first it was the ridiculous amount of, of corner kicks that KC. Oh man, fourteen in the game. Yeah, yeah, and the first half was just it felt like every every three minutes there was a corner yeah. kick for K- Kansas City, but they weathered the storm. They went out there, they weathered the storm. They got the they got the penalty, and um, Roland Arberg took mean, it, kind of took it. Maybe you could say took it away from CJ a little bit. I think CJ, yeah. CJ wanted it. One, huh? It was a little weird. I think CJ wanted I mean, it. CJ going for his 10th goal of the season. In Kansas City. In, at his former team yeah. on a game, on a goal that was possibly going to tie it up. I mean, I'm, I was I was surprised the way that that worked it out. Bit, it was a little bit surprised. But it worked out, I guess, right? Yeah, they oh, scored. Well, yeah, they got, they got the point on the road. And uh, that's, that's the big thing. And they proved they can play without a couple guys. They can play without... They, you know, not long term, you don't think, but they could survive games without Andre Blake. I think that that's the key word there. I think they can survive games. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and and you know, surviving without Andre is difficult. But I thought I thought John McCarthy was easily the man of the match. I mean, he made oh, a couple absolutely. of absolutely stunning saves. Um, he stood very tall on goal, and yeah. he probably put in. I would say his best performance as a Union player uh, has to be up yeah. there. Maybe the, certainly his most consistent. Yeah. I guess you could argue maybe the Open Cup game against Red Bulls last yeah, year. Yeah, that was that was very impressive. Really that was one, very but, impressive. Uh, but I think this was probably his most consistent and his most commanding. You felt like yeah. he was really comfortable back there, and he was in, yeah. yeah, he was kind of directing the defense. There was, there was a couple of moments in the, I think in the first half where they didn't seem to be on the same page, mm-hmm. and you can kind of expect some of that when you have a goalkeeper that hasn't played too many games uh, in the season. Mm-hmm. But uh, there wasn't too many cringeworthy moments where you didn't know who was going to come get the ball or yeah. if the defenders were going to get to it. Um, what did you think of uh, Roland Alberg in that game? Uh, I, I got to do the player ratings on Philly soccer page, and I ended up giving Alberg a, a seven. Mm-hmm. I think he only had six passes in the entire game <laughs> after playing thirty minutes. Is the number ten? But he he comes on immediately, almost sets up a goal right. with his first touch again, um, uh-huh. and then he scores the penalty. So I yeah, I feel like I mean. He's, Roland is Roland at this point, and that's what he's going to give you. It's not going to be a lot, but what he gives you is. Big parts of the game. I used to say this about uh, Shaka Madonna a lot that he was a really exciting but frustrating player, yeah. and you can say say the same thing about Roland. And I think you you ratchet up the frustrating part a little bit yeah. because he's he's got all the talent in the world. I mean, you could see it. He does. He could do things with the ball. He could do things when he feels like it away from the ball and, and get open and get the space and all that. He has such a cultured shot, he, you know, when he when he goes to goal, he has such a good in- instinct, but he doesn't always put that all together, and that's frustrating. And then you see some of his you know, less desirable traits and some of his 
personality traits kind of come out on the field a little bit sometimes where, you know, he'll take stretches off or like the whole thing with the penalty kick or, you know, kind of his interactions with with, with his teammates sometimes. And so you kind of put that all together and you're, you're amazed by his potential because he has all this talent and he's like what the, the fifth leading scorer in franchise, something like that, yeah. which might be a, you know, a damning statement on the team, but <laughs> so so, I like Roland in a way, and I wish <laughs> they could find ways to get the best out of him. But yeah. I think he's just such a hard nut to crack. It, yeah, I agree. Um, like I said, I felt obligated to give him a pretty decent score in the player no, ratings because he, 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 scored, he scored the goal and he, he, he was involved in two of the best movements of the game. All right, and he obviously. Changes the game when he's out yeah. there. I mean, or has the potential to, and he's a guy that defenses have to respect. Um, and, and it always goes back to, you know, just the rigidity of of the tactics of this team, where you have a couple players that might do better if you loosened things up a little bit. And Roland's one of them. If you didn't, yeah. if you weren't so, you know, had this rigid concept of how you wanted to play, it's fine. It's what the coaches want. That's what they want. They're in charge. They could do whatever. But you have a couple of these players, you know, where if you you adjust the tactically a little bit, you could get a little more out of them. I, I said that about Jay Simpson in the in the Harrisburg game. He played a, a little deeper and opened things up for other for himself and for other players. Same thing with Roland. I mean, you, you have to. He's he's much more of an enigma than Jay Simpson, I, I think. But you, you kind of have to look at his game, and if you want to get a lot out of him, how how do you where do you put him, and how do you do that? Yeah, no, I, I think it's I think it's tough. Um, I w- I also the, the the game changed a bit for the Union when they they did make the substitutions. I thought mm-hmm. uh, Il Senior was pretty poor on the night, and uh, you you didn't lose a lot by taking him off for Roland. Um, and I also thought that that um, Marcus Epps came in and did a really mm-hmm. good job. I thought I thought he was a little bit tidier on the ball than Chris Pontius was, who I thought had a really uh, off off game again. Um, but uh, I, I was I was impressed with Epps coming in. I, I thought mm-hmm. he made a couple of nice moves down the, the right side there. He had the only shot on goal in the game, you know, <laughs> the Union. I didn't realize that. Yeah, late late on. He's you know he's he's got that youthfulness about him where you could kind of throw him out in a game and he, he doesn't get caught up in like what like oh my god I'm a pro MLS player now. He just he just rolls out there. He's got speed. He's got confidence. He's got the ability to take guys on and you know. There's some rough edges to his game. You like you'd, you'd like to see kind of kind of smoothed out a bit, but he's he's a great guy to put out there for his energy and for yeah. and and for skills. I mean, he has he has a pretty pretty good sized bag of tricks. So if you have Herbers, Herbers, I think is getting healthier. He's played. Yeah, he for, scored for. Uh, yeah, he, he scored for, for the steal. And you have, um, and you have you have Epps as an option on the right. Do you, do you see Pontius maybe going the way a little bit of of, of what happened to Fabinho on, on the left side on the fullback? I, I don't know. Um, you know, I think uh, Chris Pontius had a, a tough season. You know, yeah. I, I think that the goals that came easy last year are definitely not coming easy no. this year, and he's he's really struggled on that end of things. He's I think he's got six assists on the season, though, yeah. which is a, a decent haul from a, a winger. Um, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised to see one of those guys come in and start getting some starts. Yeah. Um, you know, I know I don't think that Chris Pontius is a, a terrible thing to have come off your bench at 60, 65 minutes. 
You know, he's a guy that you can you can slide in on either side. He's a guy that wins a ton of head balls, yeah, which I, you know yeah. I, I think is an underrated part of his game. You know, you think of your your wingers as guys out there to, to serve in balls and and, and maybe join in uh, along with CJ Sapong on the mm-hmm. the front end of things, but. Pontius wins a ton of headers. He does it on the defensive end too. Um, yeah. and I think that's a lot of why he got the the Gold Cup call is that he's a really fantastic two way player. He's willing to put in the defensive yeah. side of playing on the wing. He's a he's a guy that you can bring in a game and and trust that he's going to make the right decisions later on. So would I be surprised to see if uh, Herbers comes in or if Epps can maybe grab a a, a start mm-hmm. here or there? No, I wouldn't be surprised by either of those things. But I I don't think that we're going to see Chris. You know. Stuck to the bench. No, I, I, I don't think. I, I don't know. I mean, you, you kind of had a ready-made excuse a little bit with with, with Fabinho, where he, he came up with a knock, and they're like, "Oh, we, we we're going to put one uh, on him out there," and he's kind of really started carved carved that left back out for himself. So I don't know if you have that situation just yet, where you're just going to kind of bump the veteran guy out. But I think you're getting kind of close to that, where you have options and you have you know. These younger guys are a little faster. They might have a little better nose for the goal right now. Uh, and a team that, you know, I mean, Fafa's getting goals. CJ's sitting on nine goals. You know, Roland's getting goals. But overall, you always feel like the union are going to struggle for scoring. So if you got guys that can get the ball in the net, yeah. I think you're going to start going with those guys. Yeah, I mean, I th- I do think the assists are an important part of it too. I mean, if yeah. you, if you look at uh, Roland Alberg and Elsino, I don't think they have an assist between the two of them, despite them playing the <laughs> number ten, which is yeah. uh, a huge problem. Um, so I, you know, I I think there's there's still going to be a place for Pontius in this mm-hmm. team. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought Gio Ronaldo was one of the better players on the the back line in that game. I think him and Jack Elliott really showed pretty well. I thought Elliott was. Fantastic in the first half. He yeah, he just puts out fires. I mean, yeah. that's what he does, and yeah. he's you know for a guy that that height and kind of he's a thin guy, so you always kind of worry about about that a little bit. But for a guy that height, he could he just has really quick feet and can move around really well, and you know has a nose for where the ball is going to be. Has good you know makes makes good decisions, which yeah. is I think the most important thing for defenders in soccer is you you have to make the right decision, and he he. More often than not, has been. Yeah, I I, I think so too. I, I I thought he made one really spectacular play in that game that I'd like to call out. Was uh, he headed a shot that was looking like it was destined for the top mm-hmm. corner um, that he just threw his body at and yeah. was able to to head wide. That was a, a fizzer too. Yeah. So <laughs> that does never feel really that good. And and the thing with one on them is you, you're not like white knuckling it when he has the ball That's or true too. or when the ball goes at him. You're not like <laughs> you're not that concerned. Where where you're always Fabinho was such an all or nothing defender. Where you know he was gonna somebody's gonna come at him. He's gonna throw that foot out there and make that try to make that stab to strip the ball. If it worked, great. If not, you know it's off the races. And I, I also think you're seeing teams kind of respecting White a little bit because. They're heading towards Ray a lot more. Yeah, I no, think Ray, Ray Gattis was under siege in yeah, that first half. Uh, teams are targeting. Ray a lot more since since one all them's been out there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's been a specific thing with New England or Kansas City, but definitely yeah. both of those teams look like they they wanted to go down the the Union right side, and yeah. and certainly Kansas City had quite a bit of success with it. Yeah. Um. But I I think when all them doesn't give you the uh, the forward prowess that Fabinho mm-hmm. did, um, for better or worse. <laughs> um. But I think maybe that that he grows into that a little bit more too. He probably, probably. can get a little bit more comfortable getting further up. And, the wing. and that could be a. a 
a, a thing from the coaching staff like okay first sort out the defense first 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 yeah. work on your defense first lock things down and you know when when his comfort level out there with his play with the guys around them kind of increases you would think he's going to get forward a little more it'll be cool to see how how him and Fafa start interacting a little more you know yeah just because two really skilled guys yeah kind of kind of work on that left side no i think it's going to be really interesting um, so the Union, uh, they got a got one of those international exhibition friendly type things on yeah. Saturday, strangely, against uh, Swansea, which hey, are still in the Premier League despite their best efforts last yes. season. Um, uh, I remember the former coach here, John Hackworth, he, he said he kind of treated these like really intense practices. So he, yeah. he, he'll he get some, some of the starters, some, he would get some of the starters some work in these and... Yeah, maybe, maybe you'll see that. I think it, you'll, I think you'll see, see a lot of younger guys. Yeah, maybe. you're gonna see, see. Um, and got you know Jay Simpson, and you'll probably you might even see like guy like Fafa just get him some time out there. Maybe yeah. some of the guys that are coming off the injury, like uh, like Herbers, get yeah. him get him some time back back on the talent pitch. Yeah. And I think you can see guys like Adam Najem. Yeah, get a little oh run for sure, he might. Yeah, he might even get a start. And uh, yeah. I like to see just with this the number ten situation being what it is. I'd like to see some more of him. Yeah, he had a he had an assist in the the game for Bethlehem. This yeah, weekend. Um, it, was, it was a nice play too. Yeah, I mean he, he's again is he the answer there? Is he a pure ten? Well, probably not. But like we've been saying, neither of the guys have been rolling out there. Yeah. So I'd like to see him get at least a look in there. You know, yeah, I think I think he will. Range. I think he'll probably get at least forty five minutes. All right. Um, I think you'll probably treat it as a chance to get Josh Yarrow more minutes and and get him up to yeah. Probably close to 100 mm-hmm, percent if, mm-hmm. if he's not quite there. Um, get you try to get Keegan Rosenberry going. Yeah, I mean that's that's the other thing. I mean, isn't particularly it? you've you've I, I think Reg Addis was poor against Kansas City. I think that was one of his uh, worst games of the season in terms of possession and giving the yeah. ball away in really bad places. Um, though he was certainly not the only one guilty of that. No, there was. Uh, that's the funny thing is I think we both anticipated them going up there and bunkering it, but there wasn't the clinical defensive no. exhibition I think we were hoping for. Yeah. That was like <laughs> that was like a lot of hold on for dear life. Yeah. And yeah. No, I think they, you know, some luck. Ray got overrun on that that right side. I didn't think yeah. Harris had one of his better games. Derek Jones looked like he was chasing shadows for a little while. Yeah. So um you know I, I think they'll also give this this Swansea game I think probably some some rest to some guys. I don't think we'll see Harris in that one. Uh, probably not Harris, probably not Gooch. Yeah. Uh, I would think those guys, especially with the heat coming in. Yeah. It'd be all a that. good time to give CJ a rest. Uh, for sure, yeah. I mean, I, I don't if you think you want to give him twenty minutes, maybe okay. <laughs> but you know, yeah, let's if, let's give Jay Simpson a run. Yeah, let's give some of these. Yeah, let's, let's give some of these guys a run. And again, this team has more depth than they've had in the past couple of years, so they yeah. can, even though it's an exhibition game, but they, you know, they can kind of rotate guys in and get get a look at guys if they yeah. need to. Um, I can't say I know a whole heck of a lot about Swansea. They uh, do they do have one of my favorite yeah, players we, in the we world. Know. <laughs> yes, we know Guilford Sigerson. I love Guilford. Uh, um, Reading FC Academy, you know. Yeah, I I think we know that it was a minor miracle they stayed up last year. And yeah, you know, I think they're they're grateful that there were some really poor teams. There was, <laughs> yeah, there, Sutherland and Middlesbrough, especially. Um, yeah, Sutherland was brutal. I mean, brutal they, they also, I mean. You know, you don't you don't stay up with just luck either. I mean, they won some really big games at the end of the yeah. season um, where Hull did not win them. And, right, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, that's uh, a good point. It's, it's, it's tough to stay up in the perm. Oh yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Uh-huh. And uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see. You know, 
Maybe, maybe the union gets some vengeance for Bob Bradley and the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put a few past the put a few past them. Uh, it's a, it's certainly not the the sexiest Premier League matchup no. that you can have. It, it, you know, it, it, Bournemouth was last year and Crystal Palace. Before Crystal that. Palace. I mean, you know, this is a team that's hosted United and Real Madrid, Manchester yeah. United and Real Madrid, Madrid in the past, and yeah. uh, it's kind of. I don't know. Oh, I, I would say I think, and you know, they had two teams there. They had a uh, who did they have the Playbo and uh, Tigres. Oh, Tigres, yeah, Tigres and Playbo. Uh, yeah, Tigres won four one. Yeah, yeah. Um, at the at Talon, I said they should get more of the yeah Mexican league guys teams yeah. up here. Maybe like a Saprisa from uh, Costa Rica up sure. here too. Because I, I I think that will get more interest. Swansea's a Premier League team, but they don't have a huge yeah, kind of fan diaspora. Like, I say, don't, say, uh, uh, I don't you know. think that a lot of Americans are endeared to them right now either. No, after especially, what especially, with Bob yeah, especially after, and uh, you know, there's not like an American player on there. Like, like when Stoke came, you know, it was, it was Jeff Cameron. Everybody yeah. could go, you know, check him out and cheer for him if they're a fan. But yeah, I, I mean, you, you see, like I said, see, like a team like Saprissa, see a team. Uh, like a Club America or uh, Chivas again, Chivas Guadalajara again, just to, I think you'll expose maybe some of those fan bases to that, that live in, live in the region to the union a little more. Maybe they've been a little standoffish for MLS and for a variety of reasons. Yeah. And so you'll just get an opportunity to get that, some different eyeballs on the union and into the, into talent and experience the, the the game day experience. And maybe, you know, maybe it'll, they'll, they'll, Get hooked. I agree. No, I think I think so it'd be I, a great, yeah. great avenue to. Uh, yeah, and they've expand. had in the past. I mean, they had, they've had. You know, like I said, they had, they had uh, Chivas and they had Pumas. Um, I think there's only two Mexican teams they played. Uh, I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think the rest have been Premier League. The teams. Premier League, uh, Real Madrid, and Celtic. And it was Celtic. <laughs> I forgot about forgot about Celtic. That was a, in the first year. That yeah, was and they got the, through the flare on the field. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like was a monsoon. That was a, that was that was, a crazy that was a fun game. game. That was a crazy game. Um, so. Yeah, uh, before we wrap up, we're going to talk a little bit of Gold Cup. Yeah, did you uh, did you catch the game? The uh, some of it, yeah. yeah. Uh, 1-1. A fair result. I mean, I think Panama blew three or four chances yeah. in the second half after the USA scored. You know, I mean, they're a little too pragmatic out there, I think, yeah. sometimes. You, you like to see them kind of go for it a little more, but... Still in the group stages, they got they got a point in the group stage. Yeah, and, and what you would think is probably the toughest game in the group stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Panama's very solid. I mean, Panama yeah. is a very solid national team, especially. Yeah, yeah this isn't the A team, USA team. This no. is this is you know a Gold Cup team. And yeah, and I didn't. I, I thought there was a couple of uh, off performances too. Like Kellen Acosta, who's a guy I've been pretty high on. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think had his had his best game. Um, they had trouble getting the ball into to Dom Dwyer up top. Right. I, I did think that finish was right. quite lovely. I think. Yeah. That was Kellen Rowe's best yeah. moment of the game coming down the left side where I think he was able to beat two Panama defenders and he, he scores a great ball and that's that's yeah. a really clinical finish from Dwyer from, from about eight yards to go through the legs and then Hey, he's up for it. He's yeah. up for playing the for, for, for his new country. He's yeah. up for putting exciting. The, putting on the red, white, and blue yeah. and you know, that's great because uh, uh, you know it's the great story. It's he comes to this country, the country Provides him a great opportunity, and he's getting a chance to give back for his for his new national team. That's that's a really cool story, and he's, he's yeah, I think so. he's doing well. You could just tell when he talks and he's out there. He's oh, like, yeah. this is this is great. This yeah. is wonderful, and and it's a great story. And and you know, 
I know I had uh, one of my uh, my old college roommate, who's a big soccer fan, texted me during the game to say, you know, he was, he was asking me, he's like, you know, is, is Donald Dwyer the real thing? Do you think? And I was like, he certainly seems up for yeah. it so far. He's, I was like, you know, I'm not going to rush to judgment on it, but you know, I, I think he's been a, a really solid MLS citizen for the last couple yeah. of seasons, and, I, and you know, he's he's trying to take it up another level, and is, I, I think it's great. To is, see. is he a World Cup player? I I don't know. Yeah, I, I I I think we're gonna I'm, I'm gonna have to see him some more. If he keeps and, scoring goals. He's gonna be yeah. And that's two goals thing. in the last two games. That's the thing. It's hard man. to argue with. That's the thing. If you can you put the ball, you're a striker the, and you score goals. There's always you, room for you. If you can put the ball, yeah, seriously. If you put the ball, put the ball in the net for the U.S., they'll they'll figure out something for you. I think. Yeah. And uh, I think to see Jamaica Curacao some of that game. That was a tough game to watch, but yeah, as I know, Andre, that, Andre was good. Hey. Another game where he's the best guy out in the pitch, yeah. and he made he made that one save uh, down to the kind left. of da- yeah diving to the corner where he just yeah. grabbed it and just yeah. <laughs> if he grabbed it any harder, I think he would have popped the did ball. You, did you realize that that Jericho was going to make that a game? I kind of thought that Jamaica was going to. Well, they weren't in, they weren't into it, like yeah. especially the first half. They were kind of just and they broke it down really well. I thought at halftime, like nobody was moving, like guys yeah. would get the ball and. Where was, that nope. game? Where was that game at? <sighs> I want to say it, Florida, but I'm not sure. Hot. It looked hot. Yes. <laughs> yes, it did. No, it's certainly. I mean, you got to think, two, it was two Caribbean teams could, could be up for a game in that kind of weather. Yeah. But, I mean, it's always tough. It looked warm. Tough. Yeah, it looked warm. But they were just breaking down how, you know, there was no, like, there's no, nobody was really doing any kind of dirty running. There's yeah. no kind of secondary movement. Nobody, there's, there's nobody really kind of getting forward for Jamaica. Yeah. And I think Curacao. Saw opportunities. Yeah, if, oh, they, if, they if they're forward. not moving forward, we will, and we'll yeah. see. We'll, we'll take our chances. Yeah. But you know, but you know, Jamaica ended up you know, on top. Um, so I think we'll wrap it up on that. I guess we uh, uh, do, do prediction for the Union. No, no, not really. <laughs> it, it's uh, you know, Union for soccer will happen. Soccer will happen. There will be a game, and you know, hopefully nobody makes a boneheaded it, challenge. Hopefully nobody. Yeah, that's the other thing. I hope hopefully nobody gets hurt. Yep, that's, that's what we root for. And uh, USA play tomorrow night. They play Martinique. Martinique, and they should they should win win that. I, 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 you know, I think people are saying good things about Martinique. Though. Yeah. They're going to come in and, and play a little oh, bit. I'm, I'm sure they will, but yeah, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> yeah. for a convincing. I'm saying tomorrow night. It, it's uh, it's Wednesday, so depending on when you're listening to this, that's when the USA play. Yes. Um, yeah. so? I should hope the USA wins by a couple of goals. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to see one, especially after the Panama game. Like you said, you kind of you kind of got that. That's a tough, tougher game. Probably one of the tougher, the toughest game you're gonna play in the group. Got that behind you. Just go out there and kind of, yeah, just win. Yeah. All right, so we'll wrap it up with that. I want to thank uh, Tim Hansen for. Uh, yeah, it's good to talk to Tim for uh, from the Costa League president of Costa League talking about a little, little doing a little grassroots of the soccer. In Philadelphia, it's good to talk about that every once in a while to see kind of what's going on in the in the soccer world Indeed. of Philadelphia, and uh, we will catch everyone next week.